Mitch Cohen joins us now uh, for all the latest in news from the telly. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. Welcome back to Australia, the land of, well, I'm not sure how you went over there, but glad to see you're alive, more than anything. Um, how'd you go over there? It was. Look, it was very, very, uh, very different, very great. A wonderful spectacle. I will say this, though. Um, I don't... I think... Whilst it was wonderful to see some brilliant uh, horses uh, and obviously the the infrastructure they have there in Hong Kong, we do it very good here. I mean, you go to an Everest day, you go to a, a Cup day, and I know we're talking about our big days there, um, but, but even away from that, even if you didn't go at a carnival time uh, and you went to any of our metro tracks or provincial or country tracks, I reckon you would uh, have just as much fun. So whilst it's, it's good to go and experience a different culture, um, it's also nice when the plane touches down at Kingsford Smith. Uh, and from a, a racing perspective, we uh, we certainly know how to have some fun here on a racetrack. Mitch, I'll give you that tip. Yeah, they've got the chance to go to Hong Kong, Dave, so I've got it on the bucket list. But um, I'm, I'm sure I'll go one day. Look, it um, looks like, uh, obviously, uh, a great occasion. Obviously, one of their biggest occasions of the year over there. And, and good to see some Aussies get some success over there um, in the riding ranks as well. So... Look, a big weekend had by all. Good to have you back, though, Dave. Um, but, yeah, we'll start with some uh, news, if you want. Um, today, um, with James McDonald, he's obviously... Oh, we're just losing you, Mitch. We've just sort of had you and then the reception's gone. Not sure if it's we need to re-establish that line. In fact, I think we do. I think he's just dropped out. So we will get back to Mitch Cohen very soon. Yeah, I wanted to mention that about Hong Kong, obviously... Any race meeting around the world should be on your bucket list, I think. If you're a, in a punters club or if you're, you know, you love the sport as much as we do, I think any chance you can get on a plane and go and see things. And I've been lucky enough this year to go to Royal Ascot and to go to Hong Kong. Very blessed. But when you do come back and then you do get the opportunity to go to any race meeting here in Australia, uh, the realisation that we have it so bloody good here really sets in. So I think you need to go and see it and, and do and experience it. And you can have and you obviously have fun, but then you realise, hey, we are very blessed of what we've got here. Maybe it's a bit like if you go and, uh, you know, we, there's some wonderful beaches around the world. There's some wonderful coastal areas that you can go and you can stay at and you can enjoy. But then you come back home and, you know, you go to our beaches here or you go to our coastal areas here or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be racing related. Whatever it may be, wherever you travel, whilst it's good, you come back here and you go, wow. Uh, we're pretty lucky to be here. Mitch, I think we've got you back, and you were talking about James. Uh, so is there a potential that he stays longer than expected in Hong Kong? I wouldn't say on this day, not um, not in the sort of immediate term. His contract still ends on January 1. His attention is to, to come back and obviously ride that Magic Millions Carnival um, and the Sydney Autumn and obviously up to Brisbane and all that. But uh, I think in the future, this is sort of... Well, speaking to James before he went, he was very interested, I guess, to, to dip the toe in the water. This is the longest stint he's ever spent riding over there, this five-week stint, of a continuous riding stint, obviously, the carrot of riding Romantic Warrior um, and riding it successfully in the Hong Kong uh, Cup last weekend was a big carrot to go over. But to spend an extended stint over there to see what it's all like. And um, it appears James is liking it over there. He's, uh, he spoke to uh, one of my colleagues, and you'll see it in, um, across the News Corp websites and, and through the papers today, uh, Tom Biddington reporting that, um, look, he's, he's definitely sees himself uh, riding over there eventually for a long stint now. Uh, look, is it surprising to anyone? He's obviously one of the biggest names in world racing, and there's no doubt 
that Hong Kong would be have been trying to lure him and, and will be continuing to try to lure him over there. I mean, they've lost Joe Moreira to their riding, uh, riding ranks in recent years. Obviously, now Joe riding around the world. Now, how long, much longer will Zach Purton ride over there? He's obviously broke the all-time season record and he's, and he's closing on that all-time wins record. So, um, not to say that Zach's going to pull up stumps soon, but... Um, eventually the Zach's time will come as well. Now, they need big stars over there in that jurisdiction. They've obviously got Huey Bowman in recent times, and, and what bigger cut would there be for James? So I'm sure they'd be waiting, uh, with certainly with interest, uh, hearing James make those sort of comments. I Yeah, it is. Uh, it is very interesting. The one thing about James, and the one thing about that jurisdiction, as you mentioned, is James could go probably to Westfield, Bondi Junction, and you might get... Out of 100 people, one person that knows, that recognises him. And that's no disrespect to James, but that's just our culture. I mean, there's so many things. Some would even have, you know, you would find with certain footballers, there'd be a lot of people that that might know, you know, our, our top, top uh, elite sports people, but then there'd be people that would have no idea just with the culture we have. Uh, but mm. over there, mate, I... Yeah, I was having this conversation with Zach. I said, you know, what what do you do? Are you able to go? And he said, mate, uh, there's obviously no issue. I can go wherever I want. But if I do go somewhere, you know, that's the, a lot of the public know me. I'm on billboards. It's the only show they've got in town. They don't have any other – I mean, they've got other sports. Um, but really, you know, it, they are the, the, the stars of the show. Uh, jockeys over there. Jockey, jockey and horse. I mean – um, for sure, it's a similar similar circumstances to to a lot of riders in Japan. Obviously, there's that level of stardom, and I know you've spoke about it before, Dave. That do we do a good enough job marketing our our jockeys as star athletes? But I'd also argue I think a lot of the jockeys prefer it that way that they they can um, ride at the top level with a level of enormity across the way. So um, I don't know about you though, Dave. I wouldn't be going near Bondi Junction. At, at any time uh, during peak hour or, or anything like that. It's, uh, it's hellish regardless. Mate, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, um, it's, it'd be interesting to see in, just in regards to James. Whereas I also know how competitive James is. Now, I don't know if that record can be ever broken, but I tell you what, he would never say it publicly, James, but he would want to break Zach's record if he went there. That would be a driving well, factor for him. He, 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 he wants to be re- no, remembered as the best. No word of oh, a lie. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's why um, I guess you, you see it as he's, I mean, even to the level of last Saturday going across to, to Ascot to, to ride in that group one. Yes, it was a good group one chance, but he's got a big day the next day. He wants to ride in, in big level races no matter where they are, um, no matter the sort of the effort, really. He's gone back to, to Perth and back again uh, to ride in that group one. So, look, he's just, uh, he just loves uh, riding at the top level, doesn't he? Certainly does, and that will be something too that he'll have to come to terms with. Um, if you know, because uh, again, uh, we see obviously uh, the farewell of Damien Oliver on Sunday. I'm sure James harbours ambitions to be as high on that Group One Australian list as as possible, uh, and we see that week in week out. And that was part of the reason I think why he came back to Perth because he wanted to get another Group One. He just missed. I don't know if the Jockey Club were too keen on him coming back. Uh, I think that he wanted to get a lot more rides. Then he did the one, and I think the jockey club said, "No, no, 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 no. We we need you. We need you here, and we can't have suspensions or any any risk to you not being able to ride here." So it was literally in and out. Um, but that's also going to be have to be a little um, conversation that James has with himself, you know, because he wants to be, as I said, as high as he can in the Group One tally. He, 
he has this is the one thing I've I've learned about spending time at James and interviews and you would know this is that he is extremely humble he knows the he knows where he's from and where he's come from that kid from the farm in New Zealand but also too he knows where he wants to be and where he wants to be remembered and he never come out and say that publicly but he wants to be the best and he he would love to break Ollie's record and love to break, uh, break Zach's record in Hong Kong and uh, that's going to be, I guess, the conversation he has. Because if he goes over to Hong Kong, he might not be able to come back as much uh, and be in those big Group One opportunities. But maybe he could build that into we, a contract. And we should stress this: this is all uh, theorising. Obviously, obviously, James has mentioned he'd love to ride over there. There's nothing set in stone. So if anyone's just tuning in, James is Mitch has got him on the plane. Mitch, is, <laughs> Mitch has got him on the plane. He leaves on Thursday, and they've already bought the house at Causeway Bay. How good? <laughs> no, 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 Dave. But- uh, look, it's obviously uh, yeah, James will be back uh, January one in Australia, so January two after after riding over there. Now, uh, Wolf styles away as well. Um, a bit of movement at the station in regards to some big projects. I mean, big infrastructure projects. Yeah, wasn't that a bombshell, Dave? You, you went away and probably uh, almost the, the biggest news of the year, probably the biggest news of the year in, in New South Wales racing in terms of um, the potential um, sale of Rose Hill and turning it into, obviously, a new suburb, a, a new metro stop and, obviously, schools and everything, infrastructure going in there. Now, look, there's, um, I've spoke to plenty of people in the industry over the past, well, seven days and and realistically I think there's a the general consensus is um, there's a lot more questions than answers at this point obviously we've got a a template of what might happen with what's happening at Horsley Park the potential of a a new track um, which is hard to really um, figure out where you'd put a new track in Sydney at this point but um, that's certainly one that would take a um, a lot of work um, obviously in development to to all the other tracks in Sydney and Warwick Farm, Canterbury and Randwick. So, look, Dave, um, obviously um, we don't really know what the fine print looks like yet. It's all well and good to sort of say, yeah, not a bad idea, but until we see what it looks like um, in principle, what it what it, we look like going forward now, we can't have people moving out of Rose Hill until um, what that Wellesley Park setup looks like now. The general indication I got from a lot of the Rose Hill trainers was if we move to this Horsley Park setup, it has to be state-of-the-art, world-class, one of the best in the world. Otherwise, what's the point of building it or moving there? Um, it puts them at a disadvantage, obviously, not having a racetrack or a track on course there. It needs to be top-level stuff. Otherwise, um, look, there's, there would be a genuine concern there of um, they're at a disadvantage of their rival starters in Sydney. It is a very. It was quite timely. I thought that uh, not timely, but it was quite ironic that I was when I first heard that news. I was standing in one of the most densely populated countries in the world, where we just done an interview, Laurie and I, with a gentleman from the Hong Kong Rugby League. Uh, he was the chairman of Hong Kong Rugby League, and they have to. There's only limited amount of fields in Hong Kong, and they have to ballot. They have to go into a lottery system with other sports uh, in the country. Uh, to try and gain access to these fields. And they have a lottery system every every fortnight uh, and then they'll know for the next month how many times they can use these fields. So I did find it a little bit ironic that here I was sitting doing this interview about, you know, how difficult it is for, uh, you know, land and, and, and recreation and then that news comes through 
And we've had this discussion before as well. Um, I've had it with, with trainers and even on this program about trainers that have gone to Japan. I mean, if you have a look at Japan, again, another hugely densely populated country, none of their training happens on the track. Like at, at Tokyo Racecourse, there's no training. It's just a, a race track, and then all the training is done elsewhere, and then obviously those horses are then shipped in from farms uh, elsewhere. So there's this whole new, different, intricate system. Uh, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because it is going to be... I mean, we talk about uh, the... Oh, I wouldn't call it a threat to racing, but we talk about racing in 10, 15, 20, 50 years' time, and we, we talk about whip rules and all sorts of things. But one issue and battle for racing is going to be land. Um, and, you know, there's not many places in the world where you get so many kilometres from a city and you've got, you know, training precincts, etc., happening at racetracks. Uh, it is quite unique, very unique, yep. and, and something and that's, that's, that's going to be looked at. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the big thing now. If we're selling Rose Hill Gardens, the big question is, obviously, um, if they were to build a new track, it just couldn't possibly go anywhere east of where the current track is. If, I, if you've been enough around Sydney, where, where is there enough land east that could fit a whole track? There wouldn't be many. Uh, so then you start looking out to where, potentially where uh, the new airport is and then the discussion goes, is it too warm out there? Is, there a, is, it, is it the right spot for a track in sort of Sydney's demographic? Is there a point of building it out there and spending that money that uh, on a new track when it's, when it's out of the way and people might not attend? So these are just all questions that you can just throw up off the top of your head by just suggesting certain things. Dave. So, there's, I mean, the news, well, was a real bombshell for, for many people last week. Obviously, the, many of the trainers only found out at, at 4.30 last Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, really, um, it's still sort of getting your head around what it might look like. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised too, and I'm, you know, it's something that... Uh, I've thought about uh, since hearing that news is, you know, mate, who knows, in 60 years' time, uh, um, racing obviously will be continuing and we'll have, you know, who knows what it'll what it'll look like on the track, but I don't know if horses will be trained in um, in city areas. I think it, we, we could very well see it going down a path of what we see in Japan where horses are trained uh, a distance away at training centres, those then horses uh, spell and are stabled and farmed on, in other locations and there's just a whole raft of transportation in between and then the only time you ever see the horse at the track is if they're racing. I think and it... there's, there's still a lot of red tape to this project as well, Dave. I mean, look, this is... Um, they've signed a memorandum of understanding. Um, it's not... Um, there's by no means approved yet. Obviously, there's a, water, a lot of water to go under the bridge in that aspect, yes, it's, it's obviously it's out there now what potentially could happen, but um, there's a lot of stakeholders, I think, that will want to have a say in the, in the coming months. Yeah, Mitch, what about also, um, so we touched on J-Mate, we've touched on Rose Hill, big day at Wong with their Magic Millions race, and, uh, well, if he wins today, Spywire, he, he'll be clear-cut favourite for the Millions. Yeah, I think you spoke to the, uh, the right stable um, this morning just before I, I got on air with you. Obviously, Kieran Maher and David Eustace have an excellent hand in, in both races there today and probably Spirewire, uh, really the pick of them in that two-year-old classic race. He, he is the favourite off that terrific debut run, uh, win. This is a race they haven't um, actually won yet. The them. They seem to be winning a lot of these two-year-old races, obviously won their third English nursery on Saturday with Odinson in, uh, in the same colours. Um, obviously won a couple of Magic Millions as well. A real stepping stone up there 
for these horses on Saturday. Just a, just a quick one, Dave, out of the stewards' report. Uh, the second favourite talk um, in, is uh, received sort of veterinary treatment uh, for a wound sustained in to his head in an incident on Sunday. Now, he hasn't missed any work or anything like that, um, but he will require clearance once he gets to the track. So um, just a little uh, stewards update there from Talk, the second favourite in the race. But, yeah, hasn't missed any work. All right, fantastic. And uh, last but not least, mate, uh, Vinery Stud Prowess, or Vinery Stud Stakesman of Prowess, retired. Yeah, for those that missed it yesterday, obviously um, a very, very classy uh, Group 1 mare that when she came over here, she won the Vinery Stud Stakes in in terrific fashion, really. Um, I guess now the question is, um, well, you just don't know how long you have these horses. She was the prohibitive favourite for um, the the Oaks um, in two, two weeks after that. Um, they decided to pull the pin to focus on, I guess, um, well, put her away and focus on her future and then... Uh, uh, six months later, her career is over due to a due to a foot issue. So, um, look, a hoof issue um, that's just not going to get any better over time. So, look, I think um, we could safely say she's she's a mare that we really never got to see the best of. We know Roger James was so glowing of her, saying that she could be one of the best horses he's ever had after she won that binary stud stake. So, a shame to see her retired. Yeah, she was an absolute beauty uh, that day. And uh, we probably... Never, ever... Well, did we see the best of her? We probably didn't um, see the best, best of her because she raced against her own age there, but uh, they've uh, got an exciting broodmare, no doubt, to, to do some breeding with. Uh, you want to give a couple of jockeys some shout-outs as well? Yeah, just a quick one to finish, mate. Um, there was a few jockeys, obviously. Uh, Tommy Berry does this often. Uh, Dylan Gibbons, Molly Burke and Reese Jones all... I went to the Royal Children's Hospital yesterday. Um, Tommy dressed up as Santa um, as, and, and give gifts to the kids. Now, this was um, part of a thing with the, New South, uh, the National Jockeys Association. So Tony Kasafi was there and, and Steve Hart um, played a very big part in organising all of this. So a shout-out to all of, all of those that attended. Obviously, um, an important time of year, but um, really um, a great effort to go out there and, and spend some time with some kids that, that really need some Christmas cheer. Exactly. Well said, mate, and well done to those jocks as well. Have a great day, Mitch. Uh, we might catch you on the uh, Friday for the punters panel. Look forward to it, mate. Mitch Cowan there joining us. It's 9.41.